Alana. Rick. <laughs> Jay Wool. Yes. We had an interesting morning. Sorry, this had something in my throat. Oh. I didn't want to clear it. Oh, okay. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> okay, whatever. So I think I've discussed this before, but tomorrow I may be going in for an audition for this improv thing. Yes. And it's basically because a friend wants support and, you know, all that good stuff. It's uh, still up in the air. I, I could cancel tonight. Okay. Or even tomorrow. But yes. I asked you last night to help me with my resume. Yeah. Because I'm bad with that stuff. Yeah. And I'm still not sure that my resume is up to par, but it's something at least. It is something. At least you have uh, things that you can fall back on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This morning, mm -hmm. I had you print out the resume, which only took about an hour and a half. Well, that's only because um, um, it wasn't my screen reader, but there were some things that had to be cleared off of the, the um, desktop. But once everything was... Once everything was fixed, um, it, it went off pretty well. But um, I asked you the question, well, if you didn't want to do the resume thing and, and whatnot, couldn't you just go to, uh, just go for moral support? I might do that, but that's not the point I was actually getting at. All right. We often like to joke that your computer was built during the Salem No, you like to joke about that. I don't joke about that at all. Okay. And I, and, and then I just, I asked you if you had a printer, cause I'm like, well, why, why can't you print at your house? And then I forgot that you don't have a printer. And I said, well, you know, it is good to have a printer in your house. I believe the last time I needed to use one was in early 2018. Is it, uh, it wouldn't hurt to get you one, Bubby. I know they actually will, but your computer actually is a little bit more current than that. And... Uh, not too new, though, because at one point you asked me to help you, and I tried moving your cursor, and after I moved it, it took like a minute for it to actually move on the screen, which makes navigation a little bit more difficult. So, okay, your rent has gone down significantly, Yes, and I brought up the idea, because you don't want me to give you any of my old technology, mm -hmm. of what if you were to buy an iPad? Yeah, I, I don't. I've been thinking about that too, and I thought maybe that would, though. I think it would be cool, just because it's um, it's so portable, and um, I'm a little bit worried about um learning how to use um, learning all the taps for using touchscreens, mm -hmm. but it's not. It's definitely doable. It's just I'm a little bit worried about that, but that doesn't mean that I can't do it. Um. I think you know, I would have to use you to help me with that, okay? I think I could, J-Wall. Yeah. So that might be something we would want to consider doing in the yes. near future. Like if if I'm not able to, um, if I'm, you know, if, if the, I'll just say the, um, uh, should I even mention agency stuff? I don't no, know. No, no, you don't have to do that. Okay, you know, I mean, there's another way I can get one also. So um, let's just, I guess we could kind of talk about it. There's a program for blind people where they can learn how to use technology and you can get either a free iPad or iPhone. The problem is how long is it going to be before you can actually get those classes? Yes. And do you want to live like this while you're waiting for those classes? That's the, that's the only problem, yes. Yes. Um, but anyway, yeah. Um... 
it's possible that I may save up for one. Did you say that they had them on, um, and I don't use, I don't buy stuff off of Amazon much, but you said that they actually sell them on Amazon? They do, but you could also just go down to the Apple store and get one. Cool. Yes. That's true. So I, and I'd be willing to help you with that. Jewel. Is there an Apple store close to you? There's an Apple store downtown oh. near uh, Pioneer Square. Cool. Yes. I almost said Lloyd Center, but that's. <laughs> no, not Lloyd Center. Not true, babe. Is that, isn't that a little bit farther? What? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm trying to think. Um, uh, how far is uh, Pioneer Square to the Lloyd Center Mall? It's about maybe a 45-minute walk. Wow, I'm surprised. If you The way I would do it is I would walk from Pioneer Square to Burnside and then go over the bridge and then walk to what like 11th and holiday and then uh -huh. go over to oh well um late summer okay yes it, uh, there is something called the max but i know babes. you don't have to walk all the way there yes 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 i know babes. i'm just saying okay babes <laughs> now you could make your life a little bit easier oh yeah, yeah. well that's what i'm trying to get you to do babes by yeah well you cow. yeah but sometimes you don't make your my life easier either like you don't have a window in your house I, I barely use one, babes. Oh, what else? So I think he said look into getting an iPad. And seriously look into it. Not just like, oh, I'll read an article from 2011 about it. Um, Bob. But that's just me. Bob. Babes. You're the, you're the one making all the unfunny jewels. Oh, what else? J-Lo. Yes. When you were in the shower, I went on the clubhouse. Yes. And listen to the this room. I think the title is is Clubhouse making a comeback. But when I go in there, it's all these creators bitching about how Clubhouse doesn't help them, and they can't creators get... like great creators of rooms. Yes. Okay, so I don't understand that. I kind of see their point. So what they were uh, an example that was given in the room was let's take somebody like Tiffany Haddish. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Who has millions of followers on Clubhouse. Oh, I didn't know that. But the reason she has that, she's not very active on the app, mm -hmm. is because she was friends with people who work for the company. Mm -hmm. So when you sign up for Clubhouse, if you don't, they give you a list of people to follow. And if you don't unfollow them, you're just automatically, you're following them. You're and she, following she's them. one of the people. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's that's really interesting. Hmm. And so I think their point is, well, why can't they make some of us the people that get recommended more? Or if we're going to hold a room with somebody, maybe help us promote it by sending out emails or uh, putting one less Bitcoin uh, room up and putting our room yeah. in the yeah. hallway. It, did that come up in um, the town hall? I don't know. I was kind of talking to you doing it too, babes. Yeah, I know. I understand. But uh, Paul did said did say <laughs> that they are partnering with the TED Club, mm -hmm. and tomorrow there's actually going to be an interview with AJ Jacobs at eight. Wow! Yeah. Really? If you want to listen in, I could call you and we could make that happen. No, what is he going to talk about? I don't know, babes. Mm. I don't know if I want to wake up that early for that. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. I will be wake up. I will be awake. I'll think about it, but okay. It's not that early. I, I have heard interviews with him before. Right, but you could potentially go on stage and ask him a question. 
Oh yeah, that is true. Because I was, I was, I actually thought about reading another one of his books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I think that was written. That was written back in like uh, the one I read was written back in two thousand five. So that was a while back. The year of living biblically. Yes, I like that one. That was that was hilarious, actually. I'd like to ask him if I got a chance to. I'd like to ask him if he still is taking a lot of the things that he um, has learned from a year of living biblically and still applying it to his life. So there might be a reason for you to get up early tomorrow. Oh, oh. Yes. Yes. Is it for an hour? I don't know. I'm assuming it'll be around that amount of time, but I could be wrong. With Clubhouse, things can go on a while, but he may be new to the forum and only want to keep it to an hour. What room is it supposed to be in? It's supposed to be in the TED room, Gabes. The TED room, okay. Or the TED group. Okay. The club. Okay. Yes. Hmm. Babes, speaking yes. of sleep. Yes. You slept a lot yesterday. I certainly did. After we got done doing this, it was around one ten, and you slept until... Actually, it was like... Was it was it one ten? I guess it was. That's what I just said, babes. No, no. I thought it was like 12.30, 12.40-something, but maybe that was... All right. Regardless and of that. If, so it was 12.40, and you slept until 3. Yeah, close to that. And then I slept for another, uh, was it 10 minutes? No, it was like an, a half hour. Because minutes. he kept saying, oh, mm-hmm. you got out of bed and then we're hanging out on the couch and you say, I want to go to bed for another half hour, Bob's. And so finally around 4.30, I was able to get you to wake up. Yeah, because it was like, okay, it's, we got to make our dinner. <laughs> I can't sleep anymore. This is terrible. Yes. Yeah. It'll be interesting to say what your blood tests say once you uh, go to the doctor. Oh. Or learn what they say. I don't really want to talk about the doctor right now. That's fair, babes. Thank you. Why did you bring that up? I don't know, because you might have some issues. But it doesn't mean I don't love you, babes. Well, I honestly think that before you talk about my issues, but a Physically, you should go to the doctor and check uh, on your eye. You're the queen of deflection, babes. It's called being on offense, bro. Okay. Uh, you're doing very well there, Bob's. I've been doing it all my life. Not really. Okay. I, I used to defend myself, and now I don't I don't defend myself anymore. Have you ever thought, babes, of just listening to a critical comment and not having to flip it on somebody and just take it into consideration? I've done that so many times. Oh. I've done that way too many times. I don't know, babes. And I thought that a different strategy might be better. You haven't really done it with me, babes. Well, too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We got into a bit of a discussion this morning about curse words. Oh, do we have to go here? Yeah, why not? No. Uh, Nope. Oh, it's getting defensive. It's so inane. I mean, we we we've talked about this topic ad nauseum. I don't. We even talked about this topic uh, the last uh, one of the last episodes. Yeah, but we were talking about the word "fuck," and I said, "Well, no, hold on, hold on, babes. Why is that a bad word? And a word like Saturday isn't when Saturday is recognition of Saturn, right? And Sunday is reckon is sort of a way to give a shout out to the sun god." So you have blasphemy in our language, which is fine, but then you have a word that's just meant to... But no, 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 no. That's because 
I think that there you're talking about two you're talking about two totally different things in, in language. When you're talking about the days of the week, now I'm not saying that it's good that these days were named after gods, but it is those are the names of the days of the week. What about like um our the names of our months, right? We you know like um the names of our twelve months. I don't know if they're named after. Um, I know they have something to do with horoscopes, right? Astrology? I believe so. Yeah. I honestly don't know. Okay. Uh, I, that's fair. Um, we're talking about days versus, um, a vulgar way of talking about the sex act. That's totally different. I would make the argument, babes. And, and, you, and I mean, I mean, language, yes, people have said that language evolves. That doesn't mean that just because language evolves. Well, people, I say that. Okay, and other people too. And it's clearly true, but keep going. <gasps> All right, keep going. Keep no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't grab the little cord, please. <laughs> oh, it makes for it's make it makes for entertaining uh, episodes here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. It makes for entertaining episodes. No, it doesn't. I know of at least one person that likes that. Well, I think they like it when we have a verbal argument, and not you. And like... when I and when I grab the recorder. <laughs> no, you, you like that. So, babes. Yes. I'm going to use a vulgar word, just so you know. Trigger warning. Oh, jeez. Um, go warning. Well, why couldn't we just say fuck refers is another word for sex, and therefore it's okay, because it's referring to an act. Yeah, I, I, I just don't agree with it. The word gay isn't even supposed to mean uh, men um, having sex with men. It's supposed to mean happy, and even... Even if people use it differently today, it doesn't take away from the fact that that word actually means happy. But I... uh, the word queer, right? Queer is now used to describe um, to describe the um, LGBTQ lifestyle, right? Queer doesn't mean that. Queer is supposed to mean weird or okay, not unnatural. I would make the argument that language evolves and maybe that's what those words originally meant. And maybe you could still use them in those contexts, but now it has uh, a greater meaning. Who said it had a greater meaning? It's just been, um, it's just been distorted. No, that's language changes over time, babes. It may change over time, but does it make it correct? No, it doesn't. Well, then what do we call the days of the week? Because is it correct to use the name of false I, I think I, I don't, I'm kind of wondering if they were originally supposed to be that. I don't, I, I can't, I honestly cannot answer that question. Oh. Then a, a similar question is how much idolatry, idolatry is okay in our language, according to you. Well, like I said, I mean, I don't think it's idol worship if you mention the days of the week. It's just, they're just named after, they're just named after God. It doesn't mean that you're worshiping idols. Mm. When well, you're, when you're worshiping an idol, it's not as if you're praying to a saint or you're praying to uh, Mary. That, that's how I think. Or, you know, an idol doesn't even have to be, an idol doesn't even have to be uh, those figures. It could be other things. Let me ask you something. Yes. When people say, thank God it's Friday, mm -hmm. are they saying something that uh, would upset your version of God? No. Why not? Because they're thanking God that it's the end of the, it's towards the end of the week. Mm. It's not like, 
it's not like if someone were uh, taking the Lord's name in vain on purpose. But couldn't you make the argument, babes? And I, I honestly, I, I should know this, but I don't know what God, the day Friday, is supposed to be in reference to. But at one point, if somebody used that sentence, it would be idol worship. Who says? I'm saying, couldn't you make that argument? No. Okay. It's not. I, I don't think you're making a very good argument for this book. Because <laughs> you're not making a lot of sense. I think I am. No, not really. I'm saying at one point in time, if you use the sentence, thank God it's Friday, it may have had a very different meaning than it does today. I don't know about that book. Oh. <laughs> I love your peeps. Ah. <laughs> yes, white peeps. White. Well. Well. Now, didn't you tell me that the word fork used to be a curse word? No, 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 no. I think what happened is I I thought I heard this a long time ago that and I and I need to look that up because I heard this on a, um, a certain show that I don't listen to much, but I've heard clip. I've heard parts of it, but it said something about it was supposed something about the word fork and using it to uh like like the word uh, not not necessarily fork but forking it was was supposed to be um uh comparable to having sex or something like that i don't and i and i don't remember where it came out of and then somehow that um ended up being the ever famous word that people like to use okay here's a question for you and I actually don't know the answer to this. Okay. But let's say you do some research and you find out that the word fork was originally a metaphor for sex and it was a dirty term for sex. Would you stop using it in your conversations? Would you say, hey, pants, pass me the utensil that's not a spoon or a knife? Uh, no. Why not? Well, if in, if in fact fork was supposed to originally be the utensil and not the other word because... As you know, uh, things evolve into slang, right? Yes. Doesn't make it right, but things, words evolved, words have changed into slang. For all I know, forking could have been a slang term. Right, but that's what I'm saying. What if it started out as a slang term for sex? I, I doubt that it would start as a slang term. But, but if you... Bubs, come on. Okay. Come on, come on. I can tell this is sensitive. No, but, no, 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 Bubs, Bubs, I'm trying to get this to, I'm trying to, trying to get this to you. You you know that a lot of you know that original words don't start from slang. Well, where did the term and excuse my language, but where did the term fuck start from then? Um I think it was I'm not sure if the word was supposed to be forking or fork. But that's what I heard. I don't know if that's correct. We're gonna do some research on it. Maybe I, I'm not sure I'm not sure if that's correct or not. So so that's just something I heard. It could have been from somewhere else. I don't know. Okay. Let's, how about this? Why don't we agree to table this discussion for a later time? Thank you. Yes. And give me a kiss. No. Yeah, because I just tabled it. Please <laughs> do for more. Can you for more? Give me hey. Kiss. I'm joking, babes. Give me a kiss. Why am I always a butt of your joke? You're not. Give me a kiss. Babes. Babes. No, my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Always making the fart noises, but I still love my It's just fart funny, Bubs. It's, oh not, it's not like I'm obsessed with it, Bubs. Okay. okay. And it's like it's not like you don't do uh, anything. Uh, make farting noises? No, fart. 
I, I not nearly as much as whatever the person I'm talking. Whatever, what? All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's get back to the talk. I love you, babes. Oh, what ifs? What ifs? What ifs to you, babes? But anyway, so um, those got printed out, and uh, we went, we went on with the morning. <laughs> right, <laughs> talking about language and all that good stuff. Right. Yes. Babes. Yes. Are there any topics you want to bring up? Um, not really. I have a couple dreams that I want to talk about later on. Okay. Let's say that I have finished my book on the Beatles. You Ooh. never give me your money. The Beatles. Oh, you did finish it. Yeah. I think it's called the Beatles after the breakup. Is the Was it, was it good? I enjoyed it. Um, so, so a little bit of clarification. I think it was yesterday. I said that the book claims that a month before John Lennon died, he said in his sworn affidavit that he was thinking about reuniting the Beatles. Mm. Later on in the book, they go into that more and they say, yeah, he did say that, but it might've been because they were fighting copyright lawsuits and whatnot that he was, you know, he said that. So to get people to back off and side with them and, and cause they were always entangled in lawsuits apparently. Really? Yeah. What are you doing, babes? Oh, I'm putting some Ringo oil on. Okay. So that was uh, fascinating about all the lawsuits that they were a part of over the years and how Paul McCartney, mm -hmm. I think he re-signed with EMI in the late 70s. Mm -hmm. Might have been early 80s. But anyways, when he re-signed, they gave him a higher percentage off of the Beatles catalog for every really? time they sold an album. Yeah. And the other Beatles didn't know about this until like three years later, three or four years later. Wow. Yeah. And they were like super pissed at him. But EMI kind of said, well, listen, he's been loyal to our company. You guys did solo careers. Uh, Paul McCartney kept, has been with this label since 1962. So why shouldn't he get some more rewards for that? Uh -huh. How do you feel about that, babes? Um, you know, I'm not too sure about that. I, I can kind of understand that why they would be mad at him. Mm hmm but I uh, I don't know enough about the situation to really give a comment. Yeah. And apparently, I don't know if this is still the case, but after John Lennon died, mm -hmm. Yoko Ono gave Julian Lennon, I think, 150 pounds a week. Wow. And that was his inheritance. Wow. Or a month, rather. A month. 150 pounds. Which yeah. is probably like $180. That's crazy. Yeah. That's That's not even... Wow. A hundred, it's like he's give, she's giving him that much of an allowance. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, I think that's way too low. How much is a pound in, uh... I, I just, it's not a rough calculations, but I, my estimate is it's like $180 altogether. Wow, for 150 pounds. Yes. Then that means that I'm guessing that the pound isn't even close to an American dollar. I don't know, babes, but the point was it's not worth a lot of money. That isn't worth a lot of money. And, he, and John Lennon was like a super rich dude. I bet that Sean Lennon got most of it. Oh, yeah. He's probably, yeah. I think they said either in the book or somewhere I checked that he's worth, he has like $100 million, I think, or $200 I, million. I would imagine that between um, John and Yoko, that because he he was clearly more in love with Yoko than his first wife, Cynthia, which Absolutely. is really sad. It's like it's like Sean Lennon is, was like his golden child. Mm -hmm. Julian Lennon was kind of. I mean, I felt bad for Julian. He was left out in the cold. It seemed that I know. It seemed that way. 
even though he did write a song about Julian's uh, picture that he drew for him. Oh, he did? Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. That wasn't about a picture he drew for him. Yes, it was, but No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Yes, it, it was. was. About, it was about, my dear, a student who was at the same school as Julian. Well, I love you, peeps. I know you. I love you, Jay Wolf. Yes. Well, regar- regardless of how we feel about Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, I still, I still like that song. That's good. And that's one of my favorite ones. Of all time. Well, one of my favorite Beatles songs. Oh, oh. Not of all time, but... Not not my fa- one of my favorite songs of all time, but one of my favorite Beatles songs. Nice. Do you agree with me that they are the best band ever? Um. Or at least best uh, pop band. They are. Yes, I would say they're one of the best, if not the best at uh at, close to the top. Yes. Who else do you think? Would well, be there's close? just so many. I mean, uh, there is there is so many. Uh, the Funk Brothers. Okay, that's a good. The Funk Brothers actually made more records than the Beatles. That is true. Okay, so if it, I mean, so the Beatles and the Funk Brothers are pretty much at the top. That's a good point. Yes. 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 I am glad that they finally got their royalties, their recognition um, that they should have gotten. I am too, babes. Yes. Yes. They are. They are just um, fabulous. Yes, they are. Yes. yes, I bet that they're that a lot of them are gone now. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Yes, but so the the book about the Beatles was good. The other thing, and I've kind of heard this other places, was you know when George Harrison was attacked in his home. Oh, when was that? That was probably Christmas of '99. Wow. Mm-hmm. And when did he die again? He what? died in November 2001. Oh, okay, that was just two years later. Okay, I do remember that because um, I do remember that because my mom mentioned it. Yeah, they kind of played it off in the press like it was no big deal. He was literally attacked. Yes, wow. but the book goes into detail and says, "Hey, he was really close to death when this happened." Wow. Yeah, and it probably took a lot of years off of his life. Wow. Yes. Wow. They didn't say that in the book that it probably took a couple years off of his life, but they said that in the Scorsese documentary about um. George Harrison. That's uh, that's not good. And apparently, George Harrison really had some issues with uh, John Lennon. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they weren't getting along at all then. No. Wow. That's what the book makes. What about Ringo? Um, I think John Lennon was cool with Ringo, and so was George Harrison, because they did some music together, the three of them. Yeah. I know that um, when George died. Um, Ringo wrote a song for George, and I think it was called Without You. Mm. Yeah. And uh, it was good. Nice. Yes. And he made a reference to Within You, Without You, um, because that was one of uh, George's songs. Yes, it was. Yes. Yes, babes. I have to say it was pretty cool. I mean, that was when it, so I was taking a, an online music class. Um, There's a book that do you mind if I mention the book? No, yeah, go yeah. ahead. The, so there was a textbook that I, I read, um, and it was called Music of the Peoples of the World. And it was for an online class that I took, and one of the things we were, one of the countries we were studying was the music of India. And uh, one of the songs that we had to listen to uh, for a recording was um, George 
Harrison's Within You Without You. It was really cool, actually. Nice. Yeah. Very underrated. Well, I don't know if you could say that because he was super, you know, I mean, not super rich because he blew a lot of his money. Yeah. But he could have been super rich. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was part of the Beatles. Yes. And the Traveling Wilburys and a number of successful songs. Traveling Wilburys. I yes. remember. I've heard of that group, yes. Yes. That was, that was before the Beatles, of course, right? No, that was after the Beatles. Beeps, how do I know this? And you were gone. Ugh. Bubs, that's how much I know about the Beatles. I don't know a lot about the Beatles. Oh, my goodness. Roy Orbison was in it. Oh. Tom Petty. Traveling Wilburys. Yes, yes, yes. Bob Dylan. Dylan? Yes. <laughs> It's Dylan. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Bob Dylan had an interesting life, um, especially when there was some, um, uh, there was some uh, speculation about how his wife died. I didn't know that. Something about that, like his wife. Um, I forgot if he was married once or twice, but his wife died um, suddenly, and I can't remember what happened with that. Oh. Yeah, he he was an he's an interesting guy. Yes. Doesn't really know how to sing in tune, but... But he writes some good lyrics. Yes. How does it feel? Oh. <laughs> yes. Is there anything else you want to discuss, babes? No. Let's talk about the movies then. Yes. Why don't you recap Eight Days a Week? So, Eight Days a Week was chronicling um, what was going on with the Beatles when they were um, becoming, uh, uh, what year would you say roughly what was going on? I would say it basically covers their years as a touring act, with some focus on the studio and the early movies, but it's mainly about them touring. Yeah, so they, how they in, were... I would say between like 64 and like the end of 66. Yeah, there was... Um, they were um, talking about how it was touring and how big they were getting in the UK and that um, they went to America and they didn't realize just how crazy the women were in America um, because some of them were, I think at one point they were in a concert and there was like 6,000 or more that were, and this was like, I think they were crowding the stage, right? Yeah, there was one show like that, but they did shows for like 70,000 people right? on the regular. There was a lot of things that came up, like um, that was around the time of um, segregation. And I think that Paul was saying something like, you know, this is really stupid. This is going on in the U.S. We're not going to go if the concert is segregated, segregated because everybody should be able to hear our concert no matter what color they are. And then Fox News attacked them for that. Bubs! All right, so, sorry, bad joke, bad joke. Keep going. Stop it. Concentrate here. All right, go ahead. You're not attacking news outlets. Go ahead. Um, and, and so, um, so, so they were, um, they were talking about that. Whoopi Goldberg was, Whoopi Goldberg was talking about how she really enjoyed the Beatles and how her mom was able to get two concert tickets and um the mom her mom was saying I don't have any money and then telling her okay we're going to go somewhere I'll tell you when we get there I'm not going to tell you yet 
So they go to... I think it was Shea Stadium. Yes, I was going to say that. She gets out of the car. Her uh, She goes, she asks her mom, where are we? And she's like, we're at Shea Stadium. Like, why are we at Shea Stadium? And then she holds up two tickets and she realizes that they're going to see the Beatles. And she was really, really excited. She's really good in the documentary. And then it had this historian, I forgot her name, but she was talking about what it was like being a black girl, going and seeing the Beatles live and not being segregated. I forgot what her name, what was her name? She was from, uh, I forgot what her name was, but she was good too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was very good. I I forgot what her name was, but it it was a really good documentary. And they even touched on the... um, infamous uh the beatles are popular popular is in jesus comment more popular more popular than jesus comment um which i thought was really stupid of him to say but and then and then paul was explained that he had to apologize yes yeah well sometimes things get taken out of context as well and you know he's allowed to his opinion too and so are we. That's white babes. My 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 former rock history teacher said that was a really stupid comment. Yeah, but he pressed the buttons, and you know that's what you got to do sometimes. And also, the comment would have gone nowhere, not offended people, had it not been picked up by the American press. So you could make the argument that they're just as guilty as John Lennon mm, of offending people. I don't know. We're all babes. In any event, in the movie, they talk about how touring, at first it it sounded like this really fun thing, but then it became more of a chore for them. Yeah. Yeah. I I really enjoyed how, before that was going on, how they um, showed clips about them being, um, you know, uh, clips with them uh, in the studio and kind of goofing off and um, that that when they were in their studio, that's when they were in their element. What I'm wondering from you is Uh what can we learn from this movie about adjusting to our environment? Hmm. That's a good question. What do you mean by that? At the beginning, Mm -hmm. they're thrilled to be in America. They're excited to perform for people. And by the end of it, they just want to get off the road. It's burnout. Yes, it's burnout. Yeah. But had you told them, hey, you're not going to want to perform live. Had you told them that in 1963, you're going to get tired of performing and making all this money mm-hmm. in America in like three years. They probably would have thought you were insane. Yeah. Well, that kind of goes back to when we were watching that thing you do, right? Mm-hmm. It's a very, you know, even if it was a fictional band, The Wonders, it's a very... um it's a realistic depiction of what bands go through when they go through burnout in some ways. Well, more more so the Beatles because they really did go through, you know, they really were getting tired of performing and doing all that, you know. What can we learn from this movie, though, about maybe well, getting a little bit too comfortable with our own surroundings? Yeah, I mean... It's like, you know, when you, when you're, when we have fantasies about being in band, in a band, it doesn't matter what band we think, oh, we're going to make a lot of money. We're going to, we're going to meet a whole bunch of people. There's going to be, you know, the guys are thinking there's going to be girls throwing themselves at us. Cause it's, it's a, it's literally a fantasy in our, in their own head. Mm-hmm. 
But then when it comes to reality, they snap back to reality and are like, you know what, this is really hard work. We have to wake up early and get to the studio. We have to think of what the, what we're going to do for the next songs. We have to figure out who's going to be on what instrument if they have multiple um, if, if a person does like multiple instruments, plays multiple instruments and it's just, you have to work together all the time and tension can come up and, um, tempers might flare and you have to figure out how to work with people. And if somebody isn't showing up, like you said, right. Yeah. If somebody's bringing the group down, you got to figure that out too. So it's just that, you know, fame and fortune is fleeting. If you don't know how to handle it. That's not the message I got from this. You don't think so? It's, it's an interesting one, but the message I got from this is we sometimes forget to count our own blessings. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I'm sure if the Beatles, and to some extent they did this, but in other ways they're in bubbles, but I'm sure they talked to groups who they were friends with during this period and complained about, ah, oh, I got to go out and play in front of 20,000 people. Yeah. They're not even going to hear what I'm doing. Right. Their fellow musician friends were probably like, I would love to play in front of 200 people. Uh-huh. And you're complaining to me about how sucks it is to play stadiums. Yeah. Right. And I think oftentimes in life, we can forget to look at the things that are going well. Because familiarity can breed content. Yeah. I mean, even playing in a small ensemble, like how I I played in a small flute choir at school, that was a lot of fun. And we weren't performing in front of a thousand people. You know, sometimes we performed in front of small groups. A question becomes for you, Dave. Yes. Let's say you would have, I don't know, life would have taken a a strange road and as soon as you left school, you would have gotten a job in a flute ensemble. Yeah. And by some weird twist of fate, they would have become the most popular group in the country. Uh-huh. And now you're touring stadiums. Yeah. At what point do you think that would have gotten boring for you? And I know it's hard I, to say because... I don't know that it would have gotten boring. It would have just gotten very tiresome. Mm. It would have been like... Well, even when I was in college and I was nearing the end of um, my my school years there... Uh, I was ending, uh, you know, I was getting to the end where uh, before I graduated, I felt a sense of almost burning out because there was rehearsal, there was practicing, and then there was performing. And and I wasn't just the only one performing. I was performing with other people and I was performing alone. And it wasn't that it was boring. It was just, I was so tired. And I was, it was emotionally draining in some ways. Not only that, I just got, I was just recovering from being sick yes. too. So that doesn't help. Um, it doesn't help with the feeling. But I, when I was well enough to perform, I mean, there were times where just like, I just, I'm so exhausted. I, in my head, this because this because I, I haven't really been successful in the performing arts. Uh-huh. I mean, I've done a few things, but it's somehow magically everybody else gets the credit. I, right? I kind of feel like I haven't been as successful as I'd like to be. Yeah, but but here's the thing. Yes. Cynically, I tell myself, well, I could avoid getting burned out if the paycheck is right. Uh-huh. But I, I do wonder how quickly burnout would set in 
if I played stadiums. I'd like yeah. to believe it's never, but something tells me I could do that for like a year. I think it would be, I think a year probably, or maybe even less than that. I'm sure it would, I'm sure it would be. Start to get old. Yes. You still haven't read Steve Martin's book. No. Born Standing Up, but he touches on this mm-hmm. because he used to play stadiums. Wow. And, yeah. and he, he he thought it was boring? Or he thought it was tiring? He eventually, it just started to become part of his routine, and he mm-hmm. didn't know how his comedy could keep growing. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, in some ways, I empathize with the Beatles. And I know that, at least I gather from what I've read of different books, that before they broke up, Paul McCartney had the idea of, well, what if we took the Beatles on the road again, but we played college venues uh-huh. to sort of get back in touch with the people, play smaller audiences, that type of thing. Yeah. And you, it's an alternative history question, but you do wonder what would have happened if they would have taken that advice. Yeah. Did you know, and this is um, kind of a side note. I'm sorry. Did is. you know that, no, it is. Did you know that Simon and Garfunkel started off um, in college performing at, um, I forgot if it was coffee shops or, I forgot what it was, but they met, they, they, um, they started performing as college students. I didn't know that. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me though. Yeah. Yes. And somewhere in the midst of all that, uh, um, Art Garfunkel met his, uh, friend who was the, um, who was the story, um, the person behind um, The Sound of Silence. You've mentioned that here before. Okay. Yes. Sorry, Bailey. You forgot to mention it again, okay? Ah. I love you, babe. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I love you, too. Yes, oh, God. Is there anything else you want to say about this documentary? Uh, No, it's just so interesting to think about uh, touring, going on tour with a band and burnout and how you can avoid it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think too, if they would have had more breaks, who knows what would have happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were just going, going, going. It's weird to think about that. They would, at least for the first couple of years of their career, release an album every six months. And now if you release an album every two years, that's considered a lot. Mm. I've always, I've always thought of that. Like, how much more prolific the artists of the late 60s were compared to now. Yeah. How do you think about that? What do, you th- what do you think changed? Oh, about the pro- prolific, like like the writing of the artists and stuff? Yeah, why, don't, why do you think it is that we don't get albums as frequently from artists as we used to? Um, that is a really good question. Maybe it's because there, there no longer is originality anymore. Mm. Um, there are people that have written, like uh, Diane Warren is a famous songwriter and she's written for people but now you don't really see like new up-and-coming artists writing things or maybe you hear about one or two songs but then other people write stuff for them how many of them do multiple albums a year consistently i don't know yeah (laughs) i don't know i'm so out of the loop oh my goodness but you know it wasn't like that in the 90s where you got uh people still writing stuff you know writing their own songs but they weren't as prolific as they were they weren't as prolific as in our parents generation i don't think no yeah uh i think it's just a lack of originality you may be right i don't know that's my that's my my guess Mm. there has to be more originality 
I do wonder what the music business is going to look like in 20 years. I don't know. It's, um, it's something that we have to watch and see. Because people can't really make a lot of money off of streaming anymore. And touring is kind of going down the tubes. So I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. She's driving a lot of people out of the business. They, uh, she won't. I don't know. I mean, I mean, we speculate that, but do we really know that what's really going on behind the scenes of of recording studios and things like that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's obviously going to be people making music in 20 years, mm-hmm. but I don't know how many people are, how many young folks are going to be attracted to it. Mm. You know, don't know. That's proof. I do believe that there still are younger people that are close to our age, um, and younger that really do um, have got have really gotten interested in the old stuff. Yeah. So I, I do believe that 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 is that is very encouraging. As I grow older, I listen to a lot of older songs and artists. Yep. Like I really think, I mean, uh, let's say you know Leon Bridges, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, still a um a relatively young guy. His, you notice that him and other artists have been reverting back to the old school. I style. like that a lot. I love that. I love that. When I was um. In my early 20s, and I took a history of jazz class, um, I didn't know much about it. And I'm, I'm like, you know, I really wish I would have learned about this genre earlier in life. Because I think I would have had much more of an appreciation for it now that I'm a little bit older. You know, I don't know. I could see that. But, um, yeah, I like that they're reverting to it because now it's like, this is the stuff that my, this is the stuff of my, um, the music of my parents' generation in some ways. And some of it's really good. It is, yeah. Um, you know, taking a cue from Otis Redding and Al Green, you know, I, I and you know Wilson Pickett, you know, it's those who have gone before. It's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. J Lo. Yeah. Any last comments about this movie? Um, go watch it. It's really good. Yes. I really liked it better than a hard day's night. Honestly. <laughs> Even though it had Richard Lester. Yeah, even though they did, the Beatles did say that they liked making that movie. The end result wasn't that good. No. I don't really have any desire to watch Help. Yeah, I'd rather listen to a song. <laughs> Song's great. I, well, the movie, said, I don't know. They said that they weren't really in it when they when they uh, made it, so. Yeah, they were, like, focused on other stuff. Yeah, they weren't really, you know, they weren't really putting their all into it. So I'm like, why do I want to watch that? Mm-hmm. I'd rather listen to the song. By the soundtrack, or but I, but I'll never movie. think of the song the same way again because when John Lennon wrote it, he was um, talking about his insecurity. I I knew that story already, but it's still good to hear again. Yeah. Yes. Well, I didn't know that before, okay. uh, you know, going into that. Good. Yeah. Yes. J Lo. Yes. I told you about a documentary called a band called Death. Yeah. We should say. I said it was about a soul band. And I was dead wrong. And he thought it was, he said it was about a reggae band too. Yes. <laughs> Part of my confusion was I watched it when I was very, very, very sick. Mm-hmm. About, wow, a little over seven years ago now. Yeah. Wow. Right. And so I wasn't quite sure what was going on with anything at that time. Yeah. 
that health situation, a health scare there. Jiwo. That's right, but you got over it. I did. Jiwo. Yes. It's not about that. No. It's about these brothers who are in a hard rock band, kind of punk, and it's called Death. And they were from the church. They were from Detroit. No, they but were, the, you know what I mean. They were, they raised, were raised in the in, They were raised in church because their father was a, a Baptist pastor. Babes, yes. are we all from God? We, some of us, yes, we are all God's creatures, but not all of us are children of God. Oh. There's a difference. Oh. But we're, we're, hey, uh, I'm an adult of God. Despite that. Go ahead. Uh, regardless of that, let's 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 move on. Irregardless of that, Irrega- the, whatever. Irregardless, the dad was a preacher in the church, but both the parents were into music. And in fact, they mentioned the Beatles at one point and uh-huh. say it was our parents who made sure that we sat down in front of the TV and watched the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. And then um, I think one of the brothers, I think it was Dennis, right? The one who was with the drummer said that he would watch a Ringo Starr and him playing on the drums. Mm-hmm. And one of them watched John Lennon on guitar and Paul McCartney. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney on guitar. Paul McCartney was on bass. On bass. I'm sorry. Uh, Paul McCartney on bass. And then, um, um, and so he picked up the bass and. Um, the brothers started playing together. Yep. They're really interesting. Parents were very encouraging, it sounded like. They were. They weren't like the type of um, family where um, even though they were preacher's kids, the um, parents would say, you know, don't listen to this music. Mm -hmm. And, you know, who would have thought they would encourage them to be in a rock band of all things? They said that according to their mom, they were allowed to play music from three to five in the afternoon. To six. I'm sorry, 3 to 6 in the afternoon was their rehearsal time. Yep. And they could just play, which is so cool. It is very cool. <laughs> I thought it was really funny because they they um, they um wrote a song called Keep on Knocking, and it was because uh, people would knock on their uh, door or window, and they're like, turn it down, it's too loud. And all these <laughs> girls would come to the window, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but they converted their room into a recording studio, and, um, but what I thought was really interesting, well, what? I think it was a jam area, not a recording a, studio. Well, whatever, jam area, recording studio, what have you. Oh, you're about to go for the bit, but keep going. That's right. All right, keep going, babe. Keep talking. Um, what I thought was really interesting was that, um, um, their brother, David, didn't think of a name for the band until their father died in a really bad accident. That's what's implied in the movie, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it was, it was, it was, it's what said. No, they talk about the dad dying. Then they mention David coming up with the name for the band. Yeah. So it's implied that that's, that, that, that realization happened after the death of the dad. Yeah. So in 1974, they became death. They became death. And because they're in the Detroit, a lot of music is being made. So David opens up a phone book to the music session throws a dart lands it at the name of the studio and says this is where we're gonna go and record yep they go there meet with people play their stuff Mm -hmm. and some people in the company are a little bit hesitant but they let them make some master tapes yeah and i try to get them played for different executives at one point clive davis shows an interest in death yep 
but the sticking point is with the name. And they had they he said, "Well, you can't you can't work with me until you change the name because no one's going to want to buy our records." Mm-hmm. But their brother basically told Clive Davis where to go, and he said, "We're not. I'm not going to change. We're not going to change the name." And the brothers argued about it because they were like, "Well." You know, this is an opportunity. We can work with Clive Davis. And he's like, nope, I'm I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to change it. We're staying death. We're going to be death. Yep. Didn't want to change. Nope. They independently released a 45. Mm-hmm. And some of the local stations play it, but it's very sporadic. So maybe late yeah. at night or once during the weekend. Yep. But it's not getting enough airplay to where... People hear about it enough to go out and buy the mm-hmm. record. Mm-hmm. So the band ends up moving to Vermont because a relative of theirs invited them, one of their uncles. And yeah. David, along with his brother, stay out there for like seven years. They try to get music going out there. At one point, David's throwing up all these flyers for death. Yeah. And police come to the door because he thinks that... He's starting a gang. He's like, no, yeah. no, no, actually, we're we're <laughs> we're a rock band. So the policemen say, you're never going to get off the ground with that. And uh, David David decides to uh, leave and go back to Detroit. The other brothers stay. Yeah. Start a, a reggae band called Lamb's Bread. Yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's Lamb's Bread. Oh, is it Lamb's Bread? I don't know. I think it's Lamb's Bread. I thought it was Lamb's Spread. <laughs> I think it's Lamb's Bread, but I could be completely wrong about that. Okay, I'm gonna think you're completely wrong. Hey. Okay, or you're completely right about that. Who knows? Oh. But Lamb Spread, we think, I think, starts <laughs> to grow in popularity. You know, they're not Bob Marley or Steel Pulse. But they like, you know, the 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 uh, people in their um, in their state like uh, like that music, and they're when they had, yeah, sons, uh, they really thought that you know they really um, considered. Um, them just a reggae band. Yeah, eventually the brothers have kids, not David. He's going through his own troubles. He does get married. David That's does right. get married, yeah. He does. He eventually dies in 2000. Yeah. And, but before he dies, he gives them master tapes to his brother. His brother Bob. And says, you know, one day the world is going to come looking for this. And I want to give it to you. I want you to keep them. Because I know that you're going to take good care of them. And yep. Bob is a little bit like, come on, bro. So are you sure? And he's like, I think I really believe that they're going to come looking for them. A couple months later, David passes away from lung cancer. Life kind of goes on. And then because of the internet, the 45 that they released as death picks up in popularity. Yeah, of um, there was a record collector who found it. Um, people, I think, um, the, the friends of the brothers got... The friends of their son. I'm sorry, the friends of their sons got, uh, 45s, because they were, uh, they were able to get it. And one of their sons seems like a really nice guy. He tells a story about how there was this girl he used to hang out with in college, and she liked obscure records, and one day she comes raving about this record called Death. He listens to it and realizes the, it's the his dad. Band, the band. What did I say? You said the record called Death. I don't even remember what the record was, but... Well, you know what I'm talking about. Babe. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm talking hey. about it. Okay. Hey. 
You yeah. tickle me a lot. I know. This morning. Tickle, tickle again. This morning, babes. I like. I started to tickle you. You're like, you can't tickle me. And I said, but you tickled me a lot yesterday. And you're like, yeah, it was yesterday. That was yesterday. Oh, I love you, babes. Today's a new day. Okay, babes. What else? Okay. Okay. <laughs> tickle twos. Tickle twos. Thank you. Yes. The record starts to pick up in popularity online. Mm -hmm. And eventually there's talk about it getting reissued. It does. But the kids decide, well, you know, it's great that our dads, our, the, our fathers have a record out. But how are people ever really going to hear about this stuff? So they start performing it. And they yeah. use the name that their uncle recorded a song as. Like the last song he ever did. Was, I forgot the name. Rough Francis. Rough Francis. They I used, thought I thought Rough Francis was his nickname. No, Rough Francis was what David called himself in his last recording session. Oh, okay. And his brothers backed him up. Right, right, because his his yeah, because they were always taught to back back up your brother. Yeah. Um. So so David's nephews go under the name Rough, Rough Francis, Francis and start performing. And at one yeah. point, Joey Ramone invites Rough Francis and Death to play at his birthday party, and it. Sparks this thing, and eventually Death, the original lineup minus David, and with the guitarist from Lamb's Spread, Fred. go out on tour as Death. And that's kind of how the movie ends. Oh, well, that is the death of a mom. Yeah, yeah. I, I, in 2009. What was really, and I think I should mention this, was really impressive to me anyway, was that um, even though they were in this rock group, and, and David was clearly the leader of the of the band because he he came up with the name and everything um and he 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 wanted to think of it in a spiritual way because of what he was taught by his parents um and i think he said i think on the cover there was like a triangle right yes and what, what else was on the cover a triangle i and, forgot yeah yeah and he was uh, looking up up at the sky, and he said, "You know, I he he said that he believed that God was watching over the triangle, which is the three brothers." Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really cool that he um he mentioned it and um uh that he wanted he never forgot his roots. I am a big Beatles fan, and I really enjoyed Eight Days a Week, but I think a band called Death is better. I would agree. Mm -hmm. I would agree. What can we learn from David and his brothers about perseverance? Mm. Um, I think uh, encouragement goes a long, long way. Um, this, their parents, can you imagine if their parents were like, no, you can't do this because it's the devil's music or whatever mm -hmm. it is, you know, um, and did not encourage them to jam when they did. Um, they would be the the band that they are they wouldn't be no they wouldn't be you said they would be they wouldn't no i said they wouldn't okay and they kept persevering even though people uh even though they got rejected left and right they just wanted to go uh forward even if um the other two brothers started their own band what does this tell us about how sometimes your idea can be right but your timing can be wrong Hmm. You mean like getting rejected and then... Well, it's not only that they got rejected, but David never got to experience the success of that. Yeah, and I think that's, what, that's what's, what's been um, sad for them is that they 
even though he knew that people were going to come for their music eventually, he wasn't around to see it. And that's what, that's what's really, um, been heartbreaking for them. And, um, but I think it came around full circle when, um, you know, when, when they're, um, when Dennis and Tammy were watching, uh, their son and their, uh, two other nephews, um, playing the same record that, or playing the record that they actually recorded together and, and how they were honoring their uncle. And it just came around full circle. What can we learn in this movie about the importance of family? Family is very important, just like they've talked about, like, you know, um, if it wasn't for family, we wouldn't be here because our family was with us and they encouraged us. I thought that was really great. Even when they were going through hard times and, and when David was sick and, and all that, uh, you know, they were helping each other. Do you feel sorry for David? Um, I felt bad that he had to resort to, um, even more risky behavior with his, um, tobacco and alcohol, um, alcohol addiction Mm -hmm. because he just couldn't deal with it. He couldn't deal with rejection. He was tired of it. And, um, and he never said anything to anybody about how sick he really was. Yes. I did feel bad for him. I really did. Of course. Oh. Yeah. Are there any questions about this movie that you have for me? Did they, um, was there a clip of their, um, their mother? I think at the beginning of the movie. Before she died. Yeah, they had her talking. Yeah. They really did seem like a close-knit family in the, in the clips. Yeah. And they really, I liked how they talked about their parents so fondly and how they really, really encouraged them to go after their dream. Would you recommend this movie to your family? I would. What would your elevator pitch be to them? Um, I would say don't let the uh, title fool you. It really is a good documentary. Don't let the the name of the um, the name Death scare you into not watching, um, in, into not watching the documentary because it really is good. It is good. What would you give it on a scale from one to ten? I would give it a solid. Oh no no no. I give it a strong eight. I agree. I think I give eight days a week at least a seven and a half. Mm-hmm. It was it was good. There was nothing really I had a problem with, but um, I think uh, death, a band called Death was better. Yeah, I was. It was. Do you have any questions about a band called Death for me? Um, was there any um like follow up things that it said at the end of the the movie that you didn't read me? To be read about? I don't think so. If there was, I missed them. Okay. Yeah. I would imagine that if the three brothers are still alive, that they're still performing. Are I don't know. You that? never know. Yeah. Because it can be hard to play rock music at a certain age. And, you know. Right. I mean, they are they are older. Yeah. But, but I mean, wow. They sounded really good um, with, the, with the clips. They did. They had, yeah. Yes. And I thought it was interesting because... Um, <laughs> When um, I think I don't remember what Dennis's son's name was. It might have been Bobby. I can't remember. But he's like, I listened to the record, and that was you know politicians in my eyes. And he's like, that was clearly my dad's voice. <laughs> There's no mistaking it. <laughs> I thought that was great. I don't believe you are a hard rock fan. 
Not really. But does watching this movie make you want to listen to the brothers reggae band? I don't know. Mm. I mean, I like reggae. Um, I do like reggae. It's it it is a fun genre to listen to. Um, but I don't know. Yes. I mean, I did grow up with it, yeah. for sure. Oh God. Yes. Well, living in Hawaii, it's kind of hard not to have a little bit of a reggae influence. Right. If right. you're a music person. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yes. Did I tell? I, I may have told you this, babes, but when I lived on Kona, I would go to Borders Books a lot to buy CDs. It's a great bookstore. I think I went there at least twice. I don't think they're around anymore. I don't think they are either. But they used to have like a little cafe and yeah. they also buy a bunch of CDs. That was fun. So I heard that the Borders Books in Kona was the third highest grossing a border store as far as reggae sales goes mm. in their entire company. Wow. Yeah. Um, so remember that group in the 90s called Big Mountain? Vaguely, yes. They did a song called, they did a version of a song, I Love Your Way. Mm-hmm. Um, they were pretty popular in the, um, the 90s. They did a song called Touch My Light. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were super popular. Oh. I, I only remember two of their songs. Were they from Hawaii? No. Okay. I'm guessing they may have been from the Caribbean or, I think, but um, the, the group is called Big Mountain. Nice. And I bought my friend a CD from Borders. This is around Christmas time. That was my uh, present for her. Well, good. But that was a different Borders than the one I went to. I mean, uh, I've been to that Borders. Was there one in uh, Waipahu? I don't know. I'm thinking about the one that was on Kona, the Big Island. No, no, no. I, was, I went to the one in Honolulu. Okay. I, I, I went to that one, one too. Honolulu. The one on, the, uh, was it in Waikele? It, it's like close to Ala Moana. Okay. I'm not sure. I think there were different. I think there were um, a couple of locations. Mm. Because uh, my friend lived in Waikele at the time, um, which is in the Leeward District. And I. Can't remember which borders we went to, honestly. Nice. I think there were a couple, but I like that bookstore. Yes. Yeah. J Lo. Yes. Is there anything else you want to say about a band called Death? Uh, no. I think you should watch it, though. I think people should watch it and give it a tr- give it a chance. Yes. It's very good. It was really um, it was really raw and honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's another question for you, not about the movie. Yes. What self-love exercises do you plan on doing within the next few days, if any? Um, I don't know, honestly. That's a good question. Hmm. Um, there is that email I need to read, and I really don't want to, but I need to get it off my chest. I need to get it over with. Yes. Um, so I can learn how to deal with it. Whether or not I respond or whether I just delete the email and that contact i don't know <clears throat> that's one of the things nice yes i yes need to lose some weight so i'm going to be exercising a lot more and looking at my diet this week okay yes okay yes yes yes, yes. I, I really do want need to start jumping on the the trampoline again because I really like I really like jumping on that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's just for like fifteen minutes a day or fifteen minutes here or so or not fifteen minutes, I'm sorry, that's a long time. Um maybe a couple of minutes, even five minutes, ten minutes. 
Nice. Um, just to get, you know, the blood flowing and, and, you know, and it's, uh, it's not, um, you know, it's not too strenuous. It's good to get the, the blood flowing. And, yeah. and I'm also excited about next week. We are going tandem bike riding, babes. Woohoo! On Saturday. Yes. Yes. Yes, the second time. The second time this summer. Gonna be good. Gonna be great. I'm looking forward to it, Jello. Oh, so am I. So am I. And I'm sure the weather will be beautiful. I hope so. I hope so. None of this hundred and ten degrees nonsense. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, it was it was quite hot when we went. I think it was like eighty. It was like in the mid eighties or Mm -hmm. something. But it was still. I mean, we all we still had a really good time. Yeah. Babes, yes. Have you been having any dreams? Yes. In fact, I mentioned that I was going to talk about my dreams. There was one dream that was really weird, and there was another one that was scary. Good. I'll tell the weird dream first. I had a dream that I was telling people that it was going to be my birthday on a Sunday, mm-hmm. which is weird because my birthday is was already passed, and I thought it was going to be my birthday on a Sunday, but in my dream. I realize that it's not April, it's August, and the birthday was my friend's birthday on wow. Sunday. Yeah. And it was late August. Yes. And then the second dream I had, I had a dream that this guy that you're friends with, his name was Eric. I don't believe you have a friend named Eric. I don't have a friend named Eric. Okay. Well, he proceeds to attack me in a room. And I'm screaming for you, and I and I was able to kick the guy off of me. Wow. Yeah, but it was scary because he was he was much bigger than I was, and I thought he was going to hurt me. Yes. I thought I yeah, that was not good. Wow. But I did what I was supposed to do. Well, good. Yes. Babes, before I tell the dream I had last night. Yes. Yesterday, did I talk about the other dream I had with you? Uh, I don't remember. I'm going to talk about it here. Okay. We were in your apartment complex, but out in the hallway. There was like a common area. And you and I, I were on these couches. You were kind of laying down. The TV was on. And you kept making statements about the TV show, like interrupting it. And you kept saying, one last statement about this show. One, I got one last thing I have to say after, after everything you would say. And then finally somebody said to you, well, why don't we go and talk about this? And she said, well, you said, well, why don't we go to my apartment and I can tell you more about what's no, going No, 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 you said, you know, she, you said that she asked me, right? Yeah, that's I what I just said. Okay. Yeah, I just said that, babes. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes. That was the dream from like a night or two ago. That was odd. Yes. Now, last night. Yeah. I had a dream that for whatever reason, people were all kicked out of their homes. But it wasn't just like one or two people. Like the entire city had to vacate their apartments. Wow. You and I got together and the government was issuing vouchers Mm -hmm. for people to go and stay in hotel rooms. Mm -hmm. And you could could only stay in one hotel for three days, but after that you could go to another hotel. Right. We go to a hotel. A hotel. And they had a trick that they would do. So they would give you the vouchers, and then they turn off the elevators and walk away and close the doors to their office. That was weird. Whenever you would ask them, well, what room am I staying in? That sounds very strange. So you couldn't actually stay in a room. 
Yeah. We went to one hotel, they did this, we go to another one, and there's a lady in front of us who gets the voucher, is asking what room she's in, and the person just closes like a little window that they had, and the lady walks off. It's very strange. We get our voucher, and I say, we're just picking a room, and we ran up these steps to find a room. That's odd. Yes. Didn't you see, didn't you see they asked you if it was legal? You asked me if it was legal. Okay. I think we actually got inside the room and you asked me if it was legal. And I said, I don't care. We're doing this. <laughs> That's odd. Mm -hmm. That is very strange. Well, the, the apartment thing was weird. Yes. Actually, you did tell me that the other night. But did I say it here? No. Okay. I don't believe you did. Okay. That was an odd dream. Yes. Was I actually lying down straight on the couch? On the couch? On the couch, yes. Where were you? I was on the couch next to you, babes. Oh, that was strange. Like one last thing and then one last thing. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's odd about our dreams. Yes, babe. Well, is, is there anything else you want to say, J-Lo? Um, I don't think so. All right. Um, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I, I think it's pretty much it. I think we're good. I'm going to steal a cup from you. Yeah. And then go home. But first, we might make out. Yeah. 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 Alright, so bye for now. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. bye, -bye.